Hello and welcome to Falmouth Vineyard's audio podcast. We're really grateful that you're joining us today. Our vision is to see Cornwall coming alive through the hope and freedom that Jesus brings. To find out more about who we are or how to connect with us, visit falmouthvineyard.org. We'd love to hear from you. Great. Oh, well, it's really good to see you. My name is Andy. Um, uh, I'm part of the staff team here and work with, uh, there's a few of us that uh, are here in the week um, working behind the scenes and um, trying to organize stuff. And uh, you'll probably have, you'll have had a text from me at some point saying, oh, we, sh- we, need, we need team for this, that or the other. Could you help us out? So, um, um, so yeah, just want to say a really big warm welcome if you're, if you're new, this is your first time. Um, I know we've already done welcomes, but um, to give you a little bit of background, um, myself, uh, most of you know, but myself and my family uh, moved down to Cornwall just six months ago. So if you are new, so am I, <laughs> so my family, so we know how it feels. Um, so yeah, just really big warm welcome. And um, uh, I was just thinking, I was kind of preparing the talk um, this week, and uh, I heard last week was a amazing, there was amazing buzz about the place. I saw some photos. I wasn't here, but you might, you might not have realized that, or you might have noticed, where's Andy? I know a few of you spoke to Louisa, my wife was like, oh, Andy, where's Andy gone? Um, I was actually up in Leicester. Um, we have, um, I don't know if you know, but there are vineyard churches that meet all over the UK, all over the world, but we had a big uh, national gathering of uh, those people involved in worship and worship leaders up in Leicester last weekend. And uh, so I was up there. And, you know, it's really amazing to be able to come and be part of something, to realize that we are part of something bigger, um, to hear stories of what's going on around the country, and also to be able to share a bit about what God's doing here and, uh, and celebrating that. Because God is, God is doing some great stuff here. I mean, just seeing how, how much, you know, change, good, good change has been over the last few months and thinking about us going out into our community, into the local neighborhood and serving the community. Um, there's just so much to like, thank God for. And just to be part of that is a privilege. So to be able to kind of fly the flag for Farmer Vineyard and be like, yay, this is us, you know, this is what we're doing. Um, so, and I know that they would want you to know how, how you know, loved you guys are. And actually, there's um, just speaking to a couple of guys and they're like, oh, we've noticed what you guys are doing down in Falmouth and we are really inspired by that and we're going to take that back to our local community. So even though we're right down as far as you can go, you know, right down the bottom of England, you might feel like we're just this teeny tiny spot, uh, but we are, you know, making, you know, influencing churches around the place. So it's really encouraging. Um, okay, so... Um, Let's get, back, let's get to the talk. Um, so I, I just want to start. I just want you to imagine something. Um, it's fairly easy to imagine. Uh, I wonder if your friends invited you over for a meal. You've probably been in this situation, but you might not have been asked the next bit. And maybe they, they said that they really want to cook you something special, super special. And, uh, and they're like, oh, I'll you know, cook you whatever you'd like, any cuisine, any like world cuisine, whatever you want, I'll sort it, I'll go and I'll cook it for you. I wonder if you could have that choice, what you'd go for. Um, I was thinking maybe there might be some like people that, some of you that like, like a nice curry, uh, spicy jalfrezi curry, maybe with some, God admit, pashwari naans are my go-to, not 
No, I don't, I don't not coriander, no, got to be pasquari. Um, so maybe you go for that. Maybe you'd have like a nice traditional Italian lasagna with um, some of that nice garlic flatbread on the side. Um, and maybe I was thinking for dessert, perhaps I bet there's some Ben and Jerry lovers, uh, ice cream lovers in the room. Um, maybe you choose like, what is it? Is it cookies and cream? That seems to be the one that people love. Um, so maybe you kind of, you, you know, you, 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 you sort of design this perfect meal. Um, and I'm sure we've all got, you know, different, different things that we, that we enjoy. Well, I was thinking about, um, we actually lived in Cardiff with Nathan Ruth, as it happens, um, way back. And, um, and there was a road, I don't know if you've been to Cardiff, but there's a road called City Road. And, um, Oh, yeah, and also Peter and Linda, yes. City Road, amazing, like, road that le- that's not far from the city centre. If you go to Cardiff, you've got to go. Because um, you can walk down the road and you can, like, think, oh, what do I fancy? To- what kind of meal would I like? And it's like, if you want, like, a French meal, or there's a French restaurant just there. If you want to walk a bit further and you want, uh, you know, I don't know, wherever you are, wherever you want to go in the world, it just seems to be on this road. It's amazing, all these different restaurants. I remember um, the first time I, uh, I went there and um, someone was like, oh, have you ever tried this? There's a Lebanese restaurant right at the end of the road. And I was like, oh, no, I've never, I didn't, never had Lebanese food. What is it? And they're like, oh, you've got to go, you've got to go. It's amazing. So we went. Having, I've never been to the Middle East, so I didn't really know what to expect. And they got the menu out and it's like, kofta. I was like, no idea what this is. Shwarma. I was like, this sounds so good, but I really don't know. And then, um, and then I was like, oh, hummus. Yeah, I know what hummus is. Yeah, okay, so we'll get some of that. And then, um, and then this, uh, like, I think they said, like, you know, got this flatbread sort of stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, could imagine, like, these little, you know, little flatbread things. So I was like, definitely order some of that. So we ordered it. And then they brought it out. I was like... Wow, this is amazing. Like, the hummus, literally. You know, none of these, like, little pots of hummus that you get from Sainsbury's. It was, like, this massive, like, platter of hummus with all these spices on the top. And the flatbread was, like, half a table size. Yeah. Um, you could share. It was, like, enough for, like, six people or something. It was amazing. Blew my mind. Anyway, I'm making, it's making me hungry, all this sort of food. You're, you're probably wondering why, why is Andy going on about food. Um, but I tell you this because I want to give you a little bit of background to how much I enjoy food and how much um, I, I am a big food lover. Um, definitely more of a quantity over quality kind of person. So I don't know whether there's any other people in the room, but uh, a show of hat, no, I won't, I won't make you own up. But I, if, honestly, if, there's like, if you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh yeah, here's the main meal, and it's just, you know, some places they just give a little bit of garnish on the side and then just like a tiny bit of this, t- I'm, straight away I'm I've had, you know, that's not good as far as I'm concerned. I just want, just give me quantity. Um, so if, can I just, um, I'm just being honest here, but if you see me near an all-you-can-eat restaurant, there are a few in Falmouth. Please just gently guide me in a different direction. Because I've had some, re- I'm not going to go there, but um, just it, me and all-you-can-eat restaurants, because of my problem with quantity, it's just not good. So just guide me away. Um, I'm just keep, yeah, you can keep me accountable with that. Um, anyway, so that is a lot of talk about food. And the reason why we're talking about food is actually because it kind of leads on to the topic. But we're kind of talking about the opposite of eating food. And we're talking about not, the not eating of food. Um, we're going to talk about the topic of fasting. Um, 
And so Nathan's been leading us through uh, this, this kind of a series of talks on rhythms that lead to life over the last um, number of weeks. And we've, we've looked at various different themes. What, uh, last time I think we spoke about remembering. Um, so today is the, the topic of fasting. So I gave Peter a, a whole five minutes notice before the start of the service. So Peter's going to come up. And um, the legend that Peter is was like, yep. Yeah, I'll read it for you, no problem. Um, so Peter's going to just read a passage from Matthew 6. Um, if you have a Bible and you'd like to find it, it's Matthew 6, uh, 16 to 18. And it's just a really short um, piece of scripture which, uh, where Jesus is talking about fasting. So, all right. This is something Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, saying to the, excuse me, oh dear, disciples, uh, we call it the Sermon on the Mount, the three chapters of uh, Matthew. Terrific things, and this is a very important central bit of it. When you fast, do not look somber, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. <clears throat> Sorry. Thanks, Peter. I'm just going to pray, and then we'll launch in. So, yeah, Heavenly Father, just... Uh... Oh, thank you that we can be here this morning, and we can gather, and um, amidst all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world right now, Lord, we just come before you. We just come humbly before you, and would you just come and move in our hearts. Yeah, Lord, would you just speak to each one of us this morning? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Amen. Um, so last time you saw me up here, it was back in November, and um, I gave a talk on prayer, and um, I kind of slightly ran out of time. I think I tried to fit in a little bit too much um, in the talk. But at the very end, I sort of said to help us with prayer, we can incorporate fasting um, into, into kind of our, our, our prayer. And um, so I kind of very briefly mentioned it, and it's quite handy to actually have a little bit of time, because it is a whole topic in, in itself, um, to kind of go into it. So I don't know how familiar you are with fasting, but yeah, I've kind of done a little bit of research over this week, and um, it's, it's mentioned actually, which I hadn't realized, but it's mentioned over 70 times um, in, the, in Scripture. And Jesus not only spoke about fasting, like in this passage, but many of us will know that he, he did it as well. And um, so I don't know whether fasting is something that you've done before. Um, maybe you have, but um, if you haven't, I'm sure we can all appreciate that it's not an easy thing to actually do. Um, and so I was just thinking, reflecting on, well, if it's something that's quite difficult to do, then why should we do it? Um, what's the purpose of it? Why is it, why is it helpful? So I'm just going to kind of whistle through a few passages and a few examples of where we see fasting um, in scripture and why why it's done and th there are more reasons than this but I've kind of um, I've tried to condense it a little bit 
But they, these are three that um, kind of I spotted, and also again, just hearing some different insight from from different speakers this week. Um, and these are kind of three key ones. So um, it's um, yeah. So let's just have a look where we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when. I've, in my, um, my own experience, um, I've found that fasting is usually something that I do when I've prayed and prayed for God to move. And then, um, and then perhaps he, he hasn't answered that prayer. And then I find that, okay, well, maybe the next thing for me to do is to fast. It's like that next level where I can say, okay, God, I really, really mean what I'm praying, you know? And um, it kind of brings a, a new level of depth to it. And, um, and it's not, just, just thinking this week, it's not wrong to, to think like that. Um, but just, hope, just wanted to explore, actually, there are other, there are other reasons. And um, even though that's probably the one that we, uh, we often think about when it, when it comes to fasting uh, and doing it as a, as a kind of petition, um, there are some other reasons as well. So we're going we're gonna to come to that reason that uh, fasting is part of, of, part of prayer in a moment. But the three that I wanted to quickly sort of have a look at, um, three points are, because we love three points, don't we? I mean, let's be honest, easy to remember. So uh, the first is fasting as a response to God. The second is fasting in order to humble ourselves in sight of God. And there's some examples that we'll have a look, uh, which is simply to recognize and accept our dependence on him. And then thirdly, to fast as we petition God for something, which is, uh, which is one we'll probably be familiar with. So in Matthew and Luke 4, we read the story of how Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to fast and pray. And he went for 40 days and 40 nights without food and drink. So now you, you know my background when it comes to food. So going, going 40 minutes sometimes without a snack is quite difficult, especially when you just know the biscuits are right there in the top, you know, top shelf. And it's like, oh, I could have one. Looks so nice. Um, so let alone 40 days. 40 days is incredible that Jesus went that long. Um, so to give you a bit of context, um, Jesus had recently ba- been baptized by John the Baptist. Uh, he'd been publicly recognized as the son of God. Um, and it was a huge moment for Jesus, a, f- a huge moment. And, um, and off the back of this, you would expect Jesus to then launch right into public ministry and, and go on his mission um, to spread the gospel. But instead... Um, he doesn't. He does the opposite, and he goes um, into the wilderness. Um, so ha- he has this, you know, incredible, defining moment with his father, and his response is to not eat and pray for forty days, which seems a little bit odd, you know. If you if you think about it, you're like, oh, okay, that's really not what I would expect Jesus to do. And you can imagine, you know, if you were there, Jesus is being baptized and you're, you're seeing this happen. And then he's declared as the son of God. And then he vanishes and you're like, oh, where did Jesus go? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, he's, he's gone. He's gone into the wilderness. Um, and so Jesus actually isn't the first um, to do this in the story of Israel, though, to fast for a 40 day period. Um, so a little bit of Bible trivia for you. I mean, you can call it out if you want, but the first person to go without 40 days for food and water was 
Moses, yes. So just as he was having an incredible encounter with God, this is the moment that he's writing the Ten Commandments. Um, He has this awesome moment with God, and then he stops eating and drinking. So when we're looking at kind of similarities, and, and yeah, like we can, we, can def- we can find other reasons um, for fasting as well within, within all of this, but there's kind of the, the, the little thread of Jesus has this amazing encounter with God, and off, off the back of it, he then goes to fast and pray. And then, um, and then here we have Moses having an incredible encounter with God, and fasts and prays, um, stops eating and drinking. And then, so, so Moses was the first. The second, there's another Bible figure who also, for 40 days, didn't eat. Anyone know? The, yeah, it was Elijah. So the second was the prophet Elijah. And he goes without food for 40 days. Again, he had just seen God move in an incredible way. So Elijah, in the, in the story... Uh, Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal to prove that their gods are real. And as a result, God does the impossible and makes fire to consume a sacrifice, something that their own gods fail to do. So he sees this incredible, he has this incredible moment of seeing God move powerfully. And then off the back of that, not long after in the story, he is fasting. So it's interesting that these three examples, actually, none of them are, they're not actually in this moment of prayer saying, God, I really need you to move. It's not that they're not petitioning God for anything. Um, but the, the thing that they have in common is they've just had this powerful encounter with God. And they fast almost, you, you could say, it's like a response to that sacred moment that they've just had with God, which is really interesting. And as I was re- like researching, I was like, oh, never really thought about that before. Um, So that's the first example. The second example um, I'd like to look at is is fasting to humble ourselves in sight of God. So to recognize our dependence on God and to accept our frailty as human beings. So whilst food is important and we need it to survive, by fasting we have an opportunity to demonstrate that God is more important to us than food and to dedicate ourselves to him. And we read about in the Psalms, uh, in the Psalms when um, David is fasting um, and it's accompanied with a period of mourning. It says in Psalm 35, when they were ill, I put on sackcloth, I humbled myself with fasting. And in this moment, David's enemies were trying to have him killed. And in the midst of this, David offers an honest prayer to God and he humbles himself, himself by fasting saying that he wanted God's will to be done in his situation. So just as David did, despite the difficulties that we are facing amidst feelings of loss and pain, we want to choose to continue to depend on God. And through fasting, we can be reminded of our need for God even more than our need for food. And, um, and actually, Jesus um, went just, just as he's, being, he's in the wilderness, and the devil um, tempts him. And, um, uh, and, and when he's tempted, Jesus, in response, and we could read in Matthew, he says, Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And of course, we know that Jesus was fully man and fully God. And it says that Jesus was hungry. In, in the passage, it says Jesus was hungry 
after fasting, which helps us realize Jesus' humanity in that moment. He, had, he still had, had that feeling of hunger. Um, and, but we can learn from what Jesus says here that God's, it is God's word we need to live on, that God is the one that truly satisfies, satisfies, not food. And um, just like reflecting here, just want to pause for a moment for us to think about whether there's anything in our own lives that we, that, that we are going to to satisfy our hunger rather than, um, rather than actually going to God. There might be some, something that we're like, oh, I'm depending on this thing. Um, if only I, I do this or do that, then I'll be okay. Um, whereas actually it's God that we need to be relying on. It's God that we need to be coming to. Um, so that's the, that's the second point. And then the third is to fast as we petition God for something. And just as I was having a little look through examples um, of this, uh, there are a couple that I wanted to just highlight. In the book of Joel, we read that the people of Judah were facing an incoming locust plague and the tragic event of their crops being destroyed. And Joel calls on the people to repent and turn back to God. And it says, uh, to declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. So here, whilst they're also humbling themselves before God, just as David did, they're also coming with an urgent prayer and they fast as they cry out to God for him to intervene. And also in the book of Esther as well, you're probably familiar with the story. It's a, if you're not, I really encourage you to read it. It's a great story. Um, and, and there's a moment where Esther is about to do the bold task of going to the king to ask him to save the Jewish people. But before she goes, she specifically asks the people to fast and pray. Um, again, they were petitioning God for God to intervene. Um, and in this case, God answers their prayer and God breaks in to their situation. So again, like right now, here we are in Falmouth um, and, um, and there will be many issues right now that we want to see change in. There might be kind of a personal issue. You've come this morning and you feel like you've got, you've got a burden, you've got something that you're carrying and you really need God to move in might be a health issue that you're experiencing. might be a problem with a relationship in your life. There, there are some really big issues, um, I'm sure, that are going on. And also around the world as well. I mean, um, right now we know of wars that are going on. We know of rumors of wars. There are environmental threats as well as persecution going on. And we long for something to happen, for breakthrough. Things only achievable with the help of God. And Richard Foster wrote a book, a really, really good book called Celebration of Discipline. And in it, he says that fasting can bring breakthroughs that will never happen in any other way. Um, so just get to give you a little bit, and we're kind of coming into land, but just a little bit of my own um, personal kind of journey with fasting, not at all to say that I've got it sorted, far from it, but maybe just to give you a little bit of, of help when it comes to your own life, um, just, yeah, maybe it will be um, helpful just to have a bit of a, something to, um, to think about. So for many years, uh, for me, fasting wasn't something that I was familiar with. I just thought, oh, it sounds really hard. I like food too much. I don't think it's for me. 
Um, so I just didn't do it. Um, it just wasn't something that I, I would do at all. And my body works like clockwork. So I always thought I need to have breakfast between like seven and eight in the morning and then lunch. That's got to be like, you know, I'm starting to feel hungry about 12, half past 12. So then I need to, and then dinner, I can't go with that. So it's very much like three set meals a day. That's what I need. Otherwise, I'm just going to be angry. I'm just not going to be a nice person. It's just not going to be good for anybody. So, um, so that was just, you know, that was just part of what I did. But, um, but then I, I don't know what changed. I just felt like, oh, well, if fasting is something that we read about in scripture, and I knew had close friends that were doing it, I was like, I don't know if I'm missing out on something here. So I think I'd, I want to give it a go. I want to see what, what happens. So, um, so, I did, so I decided to make fasting a, a regular part of my week. Um, so once a week, I decided to miss out two meals, so breakfast and a lunch. And I decided to do it on the same day every week. So I'd have that rhythm just as part of my life. And um, I quite like that kind of routine. So then I know, okay, right, today, this is the day that um, I'm, I'm going to do it. And, and it's really, for me personally, um, is for me to try and, you know, um, another way of communicating, God, I want to put you first in my life and um, above my, you know, my, my love of food, even though food is something that um, I need, you know, to, to live ultimately. But, but God, I want to put you first above my need for food. Um, now, don't get me wrong, it's not been easy to do that. Um, I've found, you know, I get incre- even more hungry than ever before. I just get incredibly hungry. Um, and my stomach responds. Um, so if you're ever with me on that day, you, you probably realize because my stomach is making a lot of loud noises. Um, but it's almost almost a way of my body kind of responding. I've, I often think about when I, when I kind of have those hunger pangs, it's like, oh, there's my body kind of responding and saying like, oh, you know, oh, God, help, you know, God, be with me. And um, it's like an amen to my prayers, almost. Um, but I've also fasted out of desperation for God as well. So um, there's been times in my life where I've, re- you know, where I have been really petitioning God and really saying to God, I really need you to move. Um, and I've found that it's a helpful way of, um, of interceding and, again, focusing my attention on God. It can help me tune in. Uh, with what God is saying a little more clearly and helps dial out the other noises of life. Um, sometimes, you know, if I've got a big decision to make and I've fasted, I've, I have experienced like a heightened spiritual awareness as a result um, and found that fasting helps me to pray. And um, just this week as well, um, I, I messaged my new friend Eddie and um, I was just uh, saying, you know, asking him about his experience. You probably saw Eddie as you came in because he was, he was welcoming um, everyone and and Eddie um, again said that um, he usually has it when he has a request um, for the Lord or he's believing God for a miracle or just needs favor in a situation um, or just to reflect on uh, God's mercies and goodness um, then that's again for, for Eddie who's saying that that's an example of, of him uh, fasting as well so um, I just want to encourage you if you haven't done it, and if you're medically and physically able to, if you haven't got a condition that, you know, health condition that would stop you, then I would really encourage you to give it a go. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a rule. It's not something we have to do. Um, but from my own experience, I have found it really helpful. Um, maybe if you wanted to, although in the examples in scripture about fasting, it talks about 
the not eating food. Um, but there are other ways that you could fast as well. Um, but I just thought, you know, you could start small by maybe um, missing out a dessert or a mid-morning snack. Um, or you could try just missing one meal. Or if you wanted to, you could go for you know, a full 24 hours or longer. Um, but the main thing is, is that it's, there's no pressure and also it's between us and the Lord. It's not about anyone else. It's not about looking and comparing and thinking, oh, well, they do this, therefore I have to do this. It's not anything like that. It's just between what you feel, you know, how you feel you might want to respond. Um, Another idea is, is giving up something that you might have an appetite for, something that you can use, um, maybe that time that you were doing something else, and you can use that time to um, turn your eyes to God. It might be giving up shopping for a season, um, Netflix or social media or alcohol, or maybe, I nearly didn't put this in, but maybe coffee, you could think about giving, that might be quite hard. Um, but yes, um, maybe, maybe if God is asking you to do that, go for it. Um, and we just, we long for God's will to be done in our own lives, in our neighborhoods, in our church, in our nation, in, uh, and beyond. Um, and in the first passage we read today that Peter read, um, uh, you might have noticed that when Jesus talks about fasting, he doesn't say, if you fast, but he says, when you fast. So it's, it's more, it's meant to be, well, it can be a part of just a normal life for a follower of Jesus. Um, and you might think of fasting as something that only spiritual people do. However, it is, is something that we can all do. We can, we're all encouraged to do it. Um, and just, just finally, there's um, uh, a book um, called Sacred Pathways uh, written by Gary Thomas. And he says, God doesn't need us to give up anything. Certainly, he doesn't need my chocolate or roast beef, um, but sometimes I need to deny myself something in order to truly appreciate what matters. Um, remember that fasting doesn't involve adding something to our already busy schedule. It's about taking something away. And it doesn't cost anything. It saves us money. So there's lots of benefits. Um, so, and also, we're heading into this season of Lent, um, as well very very soon and that's traditionally a time where we give up something for 40 days again to recognize our humanity and our need for God so if you feel God stirring you to try it then this is a, a quite a good time to give um, to give it a go um, again you might want to just um, try it for a small period um, or a slightly longer period um, but it is a it is a good time to try it so, um, and then just as we do that, finally, we just want to use that time to invite God to fill that space with himself, to use that time to focus on God and to pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done.